Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Happy Easter, everybody. I just want to say congratulations because together we are making history. This is the first ever digital Easter. You know, typically we are all physically gathering together uh, in churches all over the country and around the world. But for the first time ever, hundreds of millions of people around the world are all experiencing their first ever digital Easter. In other words, they're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ at home. And let me just say, if you're watching with us today, man, what a privilege it is to have you celebrate with us and to join us on this Easter Sunday. We count it an honor that you would choose to spend your Easter Sunday with us here at Rethink Life Church. And let me just go ahead and encourage you, go ahead and click those share buttons, uh, make some comments, and share with friends about this opportunity as we get to celebrate together the goodness of our God and the resurrection of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, before I share today's message with you, I just want to invite you to join us next Sunday as we're kicking off a brand new message series that I'm calling How to Get Through What You're Going Through. Man, we're all going through something right now, and the, and the chan- and chances are maybe you're struggling with how to get through some of the difficulties that you're facing. Well, we're going to talk through specifically next Sunday on some things that you can begin doing to get your life back on the right track. In fact, we're even starting today something we're calling a Rise Up 7-Day Challenge. And I want to encourage you to go to our website at RethinkLife.com. And there you can click on the button on the 7-Day Challenge, and we'll actually send you daily notifications and daily challenges. And these are just a way to kind of get you a jump start, so to speak, As you begin moving forward, because listen, together, we're all going to get through this. And I believe with all of my heart, this little seven-day challenge is going to help just kind of refocus and realign. And I think it's going to do a lot for you on a personal level, but I think also it will help in a relational level of even uh, bringing your family and your marriage relationships closer together. At the end of the day, We're going to get through this. We're going to come out on the other side healthier, better, stronger than ever before. Well, listen, I'll never forget, and I'm sure you were doing the same thing on New Year's Eve, December 31st. What were we we doing? Man, we were probably gathering with friends, and man, we were celebrating New Year's Eve. We were closing the books on one decade, and we were opening a brand new page to a new decade. And here we were, it seems like it was just the other day as we were setting these new year resolutions. Man, we were future focused. We were thinking about the next decade and thinking about the new calendar year and new hopes and dreams and aspirations and you know, maybe you're a student and maybe this was your senior year and man, you were looking forward to graduation and proms and all the milestone achievements. And now all of a sudden, like everyone, 
all of those hopes and all those dreams and all of these aspirations that we began 2020 with, all of a sudden in the last 30 days, it feels as though we just got punched in the mouth. It feels as though all of a sudden we were just knocked down. I love what the great boxer Mike Tyson once said, his famous line. He said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Well, unfortunately, the coronavirus has done just that. It has literally punched us in the mouth. It has knocked us down. And sadly and unfortunately, this has caused the greatest disruption, the largest disruption, perhaps our world, specifically our nation, has ever encountered. Never in my lifetime have I ever encountered anything quite like this. This is a crisis unlike we've ever seen before. And I just want to say something. There are many of you right now who have friends, loved ones. Um, there are people that you know that you're associated with, and they have been personally impacted by this virus. Sadly and unfortunately, over 80,000 people have already lost their lives around the world, some 12,000 right here in our own country. Some 3.3 million people have already filed for unemployment, the, the largest of all time. And so right now, now more than ever, we've all been knocked down. But I want everybody right now to lock eyes on me for just a moment. Can I just remind you of something? This is Easter Sunday. This is Resurrection Day. And I want to remind you today that you may have been knocked down. But I'm here to tell you, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we haven't been knocked out. Because Jesus Christ overcame the grave, we too can overcome the current setbacks and situations and circumstances that we are facing. And there is no greater example that we can follow than the example that Jesus modeled for us. You say, how can the death, the burial, and the resurrection be an example for us to follow? Well, here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Peter, the apostle, was writing to a group of believers, and here's what he was encouraging them with. He was reminding them that even as believers, you know what, we're going to face some difficulties. And he said these words. He said, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. So today, we're going to look at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three days, the death, the burial, and the resurrection took place during those three days. There was a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. You see, Friday represented a day of pain and suffering. Saturday represented a day of total confusion, and Sunday represented a day of joy, victory, and celebration. So what I want to do for a few moments is I want to simply share with you what I believe is going to be a great source of help and encouragement to your life. And here's the reason why. Hey, before there was ever a resurrection, there was first a Calvary. Before there was ever an Easter, there was first a cross. And so we have to understand that all of us are going to go through the Fridays and the Saturdays over and over throughout our lives. We live in a fallen world. And you know what? Life is hard. 
Jesus even told his disciples, he warned them, hey, in this world, you will have problems. You're going to face trials. Let me tell you something. It's not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when we're going to encounter hardships in life. And guess what? We're in the middle of one right now. But the good news is, is that there is no one that can relate to us more so than Jesus Christ. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to learn from the Friday because we all go through Fridays in life. In other words, we have pain. We go through suffering. We go through difficulties in our life. And Jesus encountered this at the ultimate level. You see, he encountered tremendous physical pain. He went through the, he went through the, the, the hardship of, of being brutally beaten, tortured. He was crucified. He was nailed to a cross. So think about the physical pain that Jesus endured. He literally was executed on a cross. But not only did he in, encounter the physical pain, but he also encountered the deep emotional and psychological pain. In other words, he was, the Bible says he was despised and rejected by men. You see, crucifixion was a public display of humiliation. And people would walk by and they would spit upon people and they would shame them and they would curse them. And Jesus hung publicly on a cross. And yet the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. And so here he was, an innocent man dying on a cross, and yet people were shaming him. And so he goes through all of the betrayal, the hurt, the pain, and the suffering. So he goes through the physical pain and the psychological pain, the emotional pain, but he also goes through the spiritual pain. Because in this moment, think about it, he took the sins of all humanity, past, present, future sins, and he literally took them upon himself. Remember, he cried out on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, what was happening? Jesus literally went to hell for you and me. Why? Because he was at that moment being separated from the Father, eternal separation in that moment, which is something that many of us can't even relate to. Why? Because God never intended for any of us to ever spend eternity separated from him. So what did God do? God sent his son, his one and only son as a savior to die in our place to pay the ultimate price that we all deserve to pay for our sin. And so the good news is, is this. You see, oftentimes we often wonder why Good Friday is called Good Friday. You say, what's so good about it? Well, it's good for us because Jesus died for our sins, but it was bad for Jesus because he endured the pain and the suffering and the shame that our sin brought upon him. So you got to realize something, that if you're in a season right now, and I know that you're in one, where you're experiencing some pain and some suffering and some deep disappointment because of everything that just happened, that you literally just got kicked in the gut. You're going through some real hard times right now. I want you to listen. We can learn from the example of Jesus because when Jesus went through times of pain and suffering, he did, do, he did two things that we all need to do. And the first thing he did is this. He simply reached out to his friends. Now, what's interesting that uh, when Jesus went into the 
the the place called the the Garden of Gethsemane. It, Gethsemane. It was a, it was a it was an olive grove, and the Bible says that in in Matthew chapter twenty six, it says that Jesus actually called for his disciples, but specifically, he asked Peter, James, and John, three of his closest companions and confidants, to go into the garden with him to pray. And what's interesting is that from that experience, what that tells me is that Jesus needed his closest companions when he was facing his darkest hour. And my question to you is this, in this moment that you're currently facing, are you going through it alone? Do you feel alone or isolated? Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've fallen on some, fallen on some difficult times right now and you really don't have anywhere to turn. Specifically, maybe you don't have anybody to turn to. And that is a very difficult place to be. Can't tell, me, tell you how many times in my life as a pastor for some 30 years where I've seen maybe people go through marriage difficulties and they kind of like just disappear. I see young people who, you know, they encounter some hardships or some trials and maybe they make some wrong decisions and all of a sudden they just disappear. Maybe a single adult maybe makes some bad decisions and maybe they fall into a certain lifestyle and then all of a sudden they just kind of disappear. Let me ask you a question. When you go through the pain and the hardships and the difficulties of life, do you run away from God or do you run to God? Do you run to your friends or do you isolate yourself from your friends? Let me tell you something. God never intended for you to do life alone. You need people in your life in your deepest, darkest hour. If Jesus needed them, we need them. We need to be open and honest to be able to share with people that, hey, I'm just going through a hard time and I just need you to be with me. Let me tell you something, a real friend walks in when everybody else walks out. And there are some of you here today, you need somebody in your life. And there's no greater place to find those kind of people that I'm talking about than the local church. Let me tell you something, right now, we have people that are in watch parties. They're in chat rooms with brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're celebrating the resurrection together with a spiritual family. And if you're not connected to a spiritual family, you need to get connected to the church. You need to get connected to a spiritual family so you don't have to do life alone. We learn from Jesus that he reached out to his closest friends, but he also reached out to God. I love in Mark's uh, uh, version of the story where Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. But here's what's interesting. He cried out to God. He said, if every, everything is possible to, to you, God, he said, everything is possible. Nothing is impossible to you, God. He said, but if, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. In essence, what he was saying is that, God, if there's any other way, any other way that salvation can be fulfilled apart from me going to the cross, then let it be. But he said, God, I want your will, not mine, to be done. And as we all know how the story ends, Jesus simply cried out to God in his deepest, darkest hour. The Bible says he even sweat great drops of blood. Why? Because of the pain and the anguish that he was experiencing. So if anybody can relate to the hardships and the trials and the suffering, it's Jesus. So no matter what you're going through, you need to understand that God can relate and he cares and he loves you. But you know, there's always going to be Fridays 
but there's also Saturdays. You see, on that night when Jesus got up from praying there in the garden, guess who was there? The Roman soldiers and Jesus' betrayer, Judas, was there. And of course, they arrested him, and then that began the process where later, wee hours of the night, Jesus was literally taken through six phony trials, three Jewish trials, three Roman trials. They were all illegal because they were being done at night. They falsely accused Jesus. He literally was not just arrested, but the very next day on that Friday, he was beaten, he was scourged, he was tortured, and then they eventually put him on the cross. And after he died on that cross and he said, it is finished, guess what they did? They took his body and they placed his body in the ground. They literally put his body in a grave. Now that's the Saturday. And what does the Saturday represent? It represents a day of confusion. Now you got to put yourself in the disciples' sandals for just a moment. Here they were spending three years with a man who literally had changed their lives. They had spent three years with a man where they literally were eyewitness to miracles performed. I'm talking about where Jesus walked on the water. They saw Jesus touch the, the blind eyes and people were able to see. They saw Jesus touch the lame and they were able to walk again. Jesus literally resurrected dead people. They witnessed Jesus' miracles. And not only that, they believed that he truly was to be the Savior. In other words, they believed that he was the one who was going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire. Once again, they were going to rule and they were going to set up their kingdom and they were going to reign forever. And yet Jesus, the man whom they had followed for three years, was now just publicly humiliated, crucified on a cross, and now he's dead and he's been placed into a grave. You know what those guys were doing? Those guys were doing the same thing that many of us are doing. And they're thinking to themselves, man, we just got punched in the mouth. Man, we just got knocked down. What in the world just happened? You know, in their day, you know, it's like what we're facing today with the coronavirus, the massive disruption of like, what in the world just happened? Well, guess what? Those guys did what many other people are doing right now. Man, they were fearful. They were concerned about the future. Man, they were all worried and, and upset in their mind. They were thinking to themselves, oh, man, if they kill Jesus, we're next. They're coming after us. They went and hid. They were probably second-guessing themselves. They were probably wishing they could have done things differently. You know, in their minds, they were probably processing all the should-haves and could-haves. But, you know, here's the thing. When we go through difficulties in life, there are always going to be moments where we question and we wonder why. God maybe lets things happen. And we often think, well, God, if you love me, then why would this happen? Why would my spouse walk out, walk out on me? God, why in the world would, would, would my son and my daughter, you know, make such, you know, horrific decisions that would affect their lives forever? God, why, why would this happen or why would that? It's easy sometimes to want to blame God or point our finger. But here's the thing. When we're confused, we're unclear, we're uncertain, and maybe fear has really paralyzed us. We don't know what to do, nor do we understand perhaps why certain things happen. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, whatever you do, trust the Lord with all of your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. Some of you right now, you've been leaning on your own understanding through this whole process over the last 30 days. And because of that, it's got you worried, you're stressed, you're fearful, you're worked up, and you're uncertain, you're confused about the future. You say, well, what do you do on the Saturdays of life? You do what Jesus did. And here's the thing we need to understand. We need people in our life. We need to go to God because listen, prayer should never be our last resort. It should always be our first response. But we also do what God has instructed us to do, and that is to trust his promises. You know how you know whether or not you're trusting in the promises of God? Here's how you know. If you're not trusting in the promises of God, then you're going to be worried, stressed, fearful. You're going to really just be paralyzed by all of those emotions. But when you trust in the promises of God, guess what? There's going to be a peace that passes all human understanding. You're going to know in your heart of hearts that God is in control. When everything else is out of control, you're going to know that God is in control. And how you know that is because he's promised he's never leave you. He's never going to leave you, nor is he going to forsake you. God is with you and he is for you. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 verses 2 and 3, when you go through deep waters, he said, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Let me tell you something. When we cling to the promises of God, let me tell you something. There are over 7,000 promises in God's word. And when we cling to those, when we hang on to those, they serve as anchors. And so no matter what storms we encounter in life, we know that God has got us. We know that God is not going to let go of us and he's going to see us through to the other side. So that simply means that today he can turn your mess into a miracle. He can turn your trials into a testimony and he can take your setbacks and turn them into comebacks if we'll let him. You see, we're all going to encounter the Fridays of life, which is pain and suffering. We're all going to encounter the Saturdays of life, which is the days of confusion and despair. But thank God, like I said earlier, hey, before there was ever an Easter, there was first a cross. Before there was ever a resurrection, there was first a Calvary. So how do you get to the Sundays of life, the day of joy and celebration and victory? Here's the answer. The answer is Easter. The answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know how you tap into the resurrection of Jesus? You simply rely on the power of Jesus Christ. That's it. You don't rely on yourself. No, you rely on the power of Jesus Christ. You know why that's so important? Because you can't save yourself. So here's the good news. God knew you couldn't save yourself, so therefore, he provided an answer. And what he did is he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to save us. That's what the word salvation means. God gave his one and only son to save you and to save me from our sins. We can't save ourselves, nor can we resurrect ourselves. Listen, I'll, I'll never forget, not too long ago, I had a serious back injury. 
And I had no idea what in the world was going on, but I was in some serious pain. So much so that I was in bed for several days. I had to get people to help me get out of bed, to get in bed, help me walk around. I'd never been in that kind of pain before. And I went to a chiropractor, I went to a massage therapist. In fact, I'll never forget, I went to one massage therapist and, and they were saying, well, man, you just got a lot of stress. You just need to relax. You know, they were, you know, they were trying to manipulate me and, you know, get all these so-called knots, you know, out of my muscles and everything. But man, I was in so much pain. You know what I found out through an MRI? Here's what they confirmed. They confirmed that I had a herniated disc in my lower back. And so I went to uh, a neurologist and and the neurosurgeon said, well, man, here's the deal. He said, I can give you an injection. And he said, but it needs to be done surgically. I said, what does that mean? He said, it's called like an epidural, like, you know, women have when they're, when they're, you know, giving birth to a child. And he said, I'll give you an epidural. We'll give you a shot of steroid. I'll never forget surgery happened. I asked the doctor, I said, doc, how long is this going to last? He said, I don't know. He said, you might get two two months. He said, you might get six months. He said, you may get two years. He said, I don't know. Well, here's the deal. I want to share with you in an injection that's going to last forever. You know what it's called? It's called a resurrection injection. And today, more than anything, we need God to resurrect that which is dead in our lives. Some of you, maybe you got a dead marriage and you need a resurrection in your marriage. Some of you got dead hopes and dreams about your future, your business. Listen, you need a resurrection injection. You need God to resurrect your dreams and to resurrect your sense of purpose and your destiny. Listen, today, God can resurrect that which is dead and he can bring it back to life. God did not send his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to make bad people good. No, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to make dead people alive. And so the good news is this, because Jesus Christ overcame the grave, we too can overcome the most difficult situations and circumstances we could ever imagine. So today, let me encourage you to do something. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, verses 19 through 20, Paul the apostle said, I pray that you understand that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave. So my question to you is this. Has the resurrection power of Jesus Christ changed you from the inside out? Do you know in your heart of hearts that if you died today, you would spend eternity in a home called heaven? Do you know that your sin has been forgiven and forgotten? And do you have the peace in your heart that you know that you know that you know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you're unclear, you're uncertain about any of that, on this Easter Sunday, I want to invite you once and for all to solidify that in your heart. And I promise you, the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can change and can transform your life if you'll let him. He's waiting. He's knocking at the door of your heart. And he wants more than anything to come inside of you and take up residence in your heart and change you from the inside out and make dead things alive again to you. And so I want to invite you 
right where you are to simply bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. If you're watching on your phone or a computer screen or wherever you are, I want you just to quiet your spirit for just a moment. And here's what I want you to do. If you're unclear, you're uncertain about where you stand in your relationship with God. I'm not, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. If you're unclear, you're uncertain where you'll spend eternity. Can I invite you right where you are to invite Jesus into your heart? You can pray something like this. You can just simply say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today, I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today, by faith, I'm inviting you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, I want you to listen and look at me just a moment. If you just prayed that prayer and you just invited Christ into your life for the very first time, I want you to know that your name was just written in heaven. I want you to know that, listen, what was spiritually dead has just been brought back to life. And I want you to know you have a new spirit that lives and dwells inside of you, and that's the spirit of Jesus. And today, I want to invite you to do something. I want you to get your phone. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to simply text these words. I want you to text RTL next step. I have a little booklet. In fact, my wife, Michelle, and I put this little booklet together that will help answer spiritual questions you have. It will walk you through a little framework on how to begin moving forward in your spiritual journey. There's a 30-day reading plan in the back that can really just kind of guide you and to start reading your Bible through the life of Jesus. And I promise you, it'd be a great source of help and encouragement to you. So just simply text RTL next step and we'll make sure that gets to you. If you're already a believer, maybe you've already put your faith in Jesus and you know him as your savior, can I remind you today that, listen, maybe you've gone through some hardships. Maybe you've gone through the Friday and the Saturday here recently of life. But just remember, listen, the enemy may have tried to use all of the situations and circumstances related to this coronavirus as something to knock you down. But I'm here to tell you, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you haven't been knocked out. And let's use this day, this Easter Sunday, to be a day of new hope, new beginnings, and listen, all that God has in store for us. I want you to know I love you. Man, we're here for you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to come alongside to serve you and to support you in any need that you may have. Listen, we can't wait to see you back next Sunday. We love you, and please be safe and continue to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.